Hey everybody, I'm Pastor John and I missed you guys. It's so good to be back with you today. But I have a question for you. What's stopping us from living our purpose? What's holding us back from living up to our potential? I mean, we're in a crazy time right now, so there could be a lot of things. I mean, we're living in the middle of the coronavirus, right? Anti-Rona is here and here to stay. And the death toll is rising in our city. And it's become a thing where we've been worried. We're all wearing masks and the city might shut down again. I mean, if I'm standing in your living room, if you're anything like me, you know, we don't know what's gonna happen with school this year. You don't know where the kids are going. You don't know what's gonna happen. You might be worried about relatives whether they're older or immunocompromised or young or whatever it might be, they might not be taking the precautions that you want them to take in the middle of this. You know, I feel like that's holding you back. Maybe it's the economy. Man, it's been difficult on so many businesses, so many small businesses. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you've lost your business. Maybe you haven't, but you're worried because you see where everything is trending. You look at unemployment. You look at what's having to close and what's happening, and you don't know what's going to happen, and you're concerned about that. Or maybe it's relationships. Ooh, I mean, y'all, we've been in the same house together for four months. And every relational issue is now under a magnifying glass. And it's a lot harder to get away than it was before, right? You can't just go hang out with friends. You can't stay a little longer at work. You can't do some of the things that you used to do to get away from a difficult home life. Those are all reasons... But what if I told you that might not be the thing that's holding you back? Those are outer issues. See, outer issues are external and largely out of our control. So what if I told you that it might be inner issues that are challenging us? What if what's holding us back from living our purpose isn't what's out there? It might be what's within us. What if I told you it's not our circumstances or our relationships or even the coronavirus that's holding us back? from achieving our potential. Now, what if I told you, would you believe me if I said that maybe it's not that at all? Maybe it's what's within us. Maybe it's not what's out there. Maybe it's what's in here. Well, we've been in this series where we've been talking about becoming who God sees in you how we can rise up and live our purpose in the middle of uncertain times. And one of the things that we've talked about in this series is that there are inner issues that are difficult to see that can hold us back from becoming who God sees in us. And these issues can hurt other people too. Have you ever seen someone that was successful? Someone you know and you like that has a great success and you have trouble celebrating? Maybe you're even angry or you're jealous or you feel compelled to outshine them, to outdo them, to top them in some way. Hey, do you ever worry about being right? Do you ever stop from apologizing even though you know you're not right because you want to be right and you're stubborn? Maybe you hold on even though you know it's hurting your relationship with the other person? Have you ever been tempted to to keep up appearances, like everything is good, everything is great. When it's not great, it's not good. Maybe you resist asking for help no matter how bad things are going in your life. And you say, no, I, I, it's weakness to ask for help. I don't wanna share what's going on. I don't want anybody to know what's going on in my life. So we pretend that everything is great. Does that happen? 
These are symptoms of an inner issue that are going on with us. And these symptoms can cause us to do a lot of different things. It can cause us to be happy when other people fail. It can cause us to power up and protect ourselves in a conflict. It can cause us to cheat before we get cheated on. It can cause us to lie to try to make ourselves look better. And it's something that can cause us to always need to have the final word. This issue is an inner issue called pride. And pride is so dangerous because it's so difficult to see. It's so subtle in how it sits within us. But it can justify us for believing, thinking, feeling, and doing almost anything to protect ourselves. See, this is a sin that's at the root of so many other sins. So this is what pride is. Pride is a distorted view of oneself. And that goes for too high and too low. See, sometimes pride is when we think we're better than, when we elevate ourselves to a superior status to other people. And sometimes pride is the opposite when we see ourselves as too low. We don't recognize the strengths and good things that are in us. We see ourselves as low. We think of ourselves as so much less than what God sees in us. And so this distorted view whether it's greater than or less than, it is pride because it's not seeing ourselves as God sees us. It's not becoming the who God sees in us. See, pride is so hard to see. It sneaks up on us so many times. It's subtle, it interacts with our thoughts, our words, our actions, our postures, our language, our facial expressions, everything we do. It's like a poison that you can't see, taste, or smell, but still infects you. Pride hides very, very well. And there was pride hiding in one of Jesus' disciples named Simon. Now in this series, we've been taking Simon's journey about becoming the who that God sees in him so that we can become the who God sees in you. And Jesus gave Simon a nickname. Do you remember what that nickname was? Peter, he gave Simon the nickname Peter, which means rock. He saw something in Peter that Peter didn't even see in himself. He saw his strengths, he saw his abilities, he saw his potential, and so he gave him this nickname Peter. And yet, Jesus doesn't call him Peter after this point for more than three years. He, go back, he goes back to call him Simon. Why? Well, because Simon hadn't yet become Peter. He hadn't yet become who God saw in him. He's not the rock yet. See, because Simon had inner issues he had to face before he could become Peter, before he could become the rock. Now, you too are a rock. And this series is about becoming the rock that God sees in you. You're a unique rock. You have a nickname that Jesus wants to give you that's totally unique to you because you have different strengths, different abilities, different potential, different purpose. You are a rock and no matter what someone has said to you, we want you to become the rock that Jesus sees in you. But to do that, we have to face the inner issues that are keeping you from becoming who God sees in you. Now Jesus surfaced and dealt with the pride that was in Simon's heart in some of the stories we're gonna see today. And I wonder if we don't look deep enough in ourselves, there's pride that Jesus wants to surface in us 
too. Now in Simon's story, we're gonna see what he learned about his pride. So Simon and his disciples, they're following Jesus for years and they've seen and done incredible things at this point, so many miracles, but on this journey, their pride starts to show. See, the disciples were on their way to Jerusalem right before Jesus got arrested for Passover, which was a huge festival in the Jewish culture, and they were gonna have a Passover dinner, that's part of it. But these disciples, they start arguing about who's the greatest. They start jockeying for position in Jesus's kingdom on their journey. See, Jesus was the king, they believed that, and the time is getting close for that to happen. So they think, hey, we're getting close to taking our thrones next to this king. So they're arguing about who the greatest is and Jesus hears them. He's overheard this whole conversation on the way to Jerusalem and he takes this opportunity to teach them a valuable, important, critical lesson. This is what it says. So he got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon who said to him, Lord, are you gonna wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Okay, so why would Simon even ask this question? Well, let me give you some context. Washing feet was a normal part of that culture. See, everything was dirt. All the ground was dirt in almost every single part of the world. Everyone wore sandals and they had to walk almost everywhere they went. Your feet would get dirty if you do that. So before you entered a house or a tent, it was customary for you to wash your feet. Now, in most people's residence, in ordinary people's houses, the host, as part of his hospitality, would just provide a basin for water where you could go and wash your own feet. But when you were in the home of a rich and powerful person, they wouldn't just provide the water, they'd provide a servant to wash your feet for you. Right? That's the first thing you do when you got in the house, a servant would wash your feet, and this was a dirty job. This was usually reserved for one of the lowest servants that they had. So the disciples looked at Jesus and they knew that he was powerful. He was their Lord. He was their teacher. He was someone that they followed and respected greatly. And at this point, he's not just that. They know who he is. He's the Messiah. He's the son of God. He's all powerful. So Simon he goes, it's ridiculous for Jesus to wash our feet. That would be unheard of in that culture. That would be over the top crazy. See, he says to Jesus, you are gonna wash my feet? You, Jesus, are gonna wash my feet? I mean, he could not comprehend this. This was unimaginable. And Jesus assures him, okay, Simon, you don't get it. You don't understand, but you will. I have to do this. Trust me, you'll get it later. But Simon is not having it. And his inner issue of pride surfaces right here. No, said Simon Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. See, Simon corrects Jesus. I mean, Simon steps to Jesus and is like, listen, Jesus, listen. 
And that's a strong statement. You shall never. I mean, that's disrespectful, talking to an authority figure like that, talking to someone that you respect like that. Okay, do you remember when you were in school and a kid would say something wild to a teacher, wildly disrespectful to a teacher, and the air would get sucked out of the room and the whole class would go, ooh. That's what was happening here. See, no matter what he meant by his words, Simon implies that he knows better than Jesus. That's pride. That's a distorted view of self because he knows this is his teacher. He knows this is the man he's following. He knows this is the Lord. He believes this is the Messiah. He believes this is the son of God. And he says, you shall never. See, he's raising himself up. And he's resisting what Jesus wants to do. He's pushing back and saying, now I'm refusing what you want to do. It's also possible that he's realizing that if Jesus, his rabbi, his teacher, the Lord, the Messiah, the son of God, if he in this all powerful position was going to wash people's feet, then he, Simon, would have to wash people's feet too. (laughs) And that's not what Simon signed up for. I imagine he's thinking, no, 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 Jesus. See, when you talked about your kingdom coming and when you talked about going to your heavenly throne, see, we're gonna be on those thrones next to you when you get to the power. So you didn't come to serve people. You came to be served because you have all the power. So he's thinking, this isn't what I signed up for. I signed up to rule, not to serve. I signed up to be powerful. I signed up to be the greatest. I didn't sign up to wash people's feet. And Jesus is saying to Simon, you still don't get it. You still don't understand what this all means, but you will. Trust me, if you don't do this, you're not following me. Jesus made it clear this was necessary. This wasn't optional. This was a part of what it means to follow him. If you opt out, if you don't serve, you cannot become the rock that I see in you. You cannot live up to your potential. You cannot live your purpose if you don't do this. You cannot become who I see in you if you don't trust me. That's what Jesus is saying. Let go of your pride. Let go of your way. And follow me to become the who that I see in you. And we got to get this. Trusting is part of following Jesus. And we got to trust even when we don't understand. We got to trust even when we don't sacrifice. But like Simon, we let our pride get in the way. Now, you might not say it out loud. You might not articulate it directly, but when we resist what Jesus is doing, that's our pride, the inner issue of pride showing up. Now, we might have good intentions. We might not be saying, you shall never, but when we don't follow and let Jesus do what he's trying to do for us, it's our pride that's holding us back. I promise you that Jesus knows better. I promise And when you trust and follow Jesus, that's when you can become the who that he sees in you. You can become the rock. Now, Simon pushes back. Jesus makes sure that he and the disciples understand. This is so important. He wants to make sure they get this. So this is what he says. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. 
do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Washing the disciples' feet was a heartfelt and symbolic gesture from Jesus, but it is significant and even more important than that. It's so much bigger because this gesture makes something clear. Pride has no place within followers of Jesus. Jesus had all the powers. He was about to go to a heavenly throne. He was the greatest, most powerful entity the earth has ever seen, and he washed his disciples' feet. He didn't use his power and expect to be served. Instead, he used his power to serve. That's the example that he created. And Jesus shows us in his example the antidote to pride, humility. He was an example of humility because he humbled himself. See, pride Pride clings to power. Pride causes us to distort our image of ourselves. We think of ourselves as too high and above everybody or too low and below what God can do in us. But Jesus flips this on its head. He flips the entire culture of the whole society, of the entire world. And let's be honest, even our society now, he flips it on his head. He says, don't cling to power, serve others. This is what it looks like to humble ourselves and to conquer pride, humility. Jesus is telling his disciples, do as I have done for you. And he's not just talking about washing feet. He's not just talking about the act. Jesus is teaching his disciples that they have to humble themselves and serve others if they want to overcome pride. To overcome pride, they have to humble themselves and serve others. And we all need that. We all need to humble ourselves. Now, I know that you can't be Jesus. I know that you're not Jesus, but I'm not asking you to. But to become the rock that God sees in you, to become the who God believes that you can become, to live your purpose, to fulfill your potential, for all of these things, humility is the key. We have to humble ourselves. And that's what I'm asking you to do today. I'm asking you to humble ourselves. Humble yourself. So what does that even look like in an upside down world? We have these exceptional circumstances and all these outer issues going on outside. Well, let me speak into some of the stuff that's happening right now. When it comes to the coronavirus and COVID-19, what does it look like to humble yourself? I know we all have different opinions on science, on politics, and everything else, but I wanna ask you a question. What are you going to do with the power and freedom that you have? Are you gonna to cling to that power? Are you gonna to cling to that freedom and say, nobody can tell me what to do? Or are you going to serve other people? You can be right, or you can do what's best for everyone. It's your choice. And when it comes to racial injustice, man, there are even more opinions about this. And trust me, I've heard a lot of them. 
And I'm not asking you to believe in Black Lives Matter, the organization. I'm not asking you to believe every single thing you hear. I'm not trying to tell you how to believe what you believe or what you think or invalidate your experience. But I do wanna ask you this. If you have some power, if you have some freedom, if you have some means, if you have some ability, if you have some influence, I want you to do this one thing. Listen. Listen. You might not believe everything somebody tells you, but I want you to listen. Now we also are facing a unique circumstance at home. No matter what your living situation might be, these are unprecedented times that really none of us have seen in our lifetimes, especially here in where we are. So how do we humble ourselves at home? Because I know, and I think you know too, one of the hardest places to humble ourselves is at home with the people that know us the best. But here's the thing, the people that are closest to you see your pride better than anybody else. It's really hard to hide your pride at home and with loved ones. So here's what I wanna ask you to do. If you're living alone, if you don't have a family living with you, you don't have kids, you don't have a spouse, whatever that is, it can be a really challenging season for you to distort that view of yourself. You might get that distorted view of self and think you're greater than or think you're less than in the silence because in silence, when we're all alone, Many times we're only left with what we think about God and what we think about ourselves. And if you're out there and you don't feel good about yourself and you're struggling through this, I wanna tell you, you are a rock. You can do this. You can become the who God sees in you. And he says you're a masterpiece. He loves you more than you can imagine. And he has gifted you and equipped you to do incredible things. And I know this season is hard. Hold on. I know that it's hard. Don't distort that view that God sees in you because you are a rock. Hang in there, we're gonna get through this. Now for some of you, you have family that you've been interacting with and your family situation has gotten intense and it's gotten difficult because one thing I've noticed about this unprecedented pandemic is that some of what's already in there just rises to the top and gets magnified. So if you have issues with a family member, if you have stuff that comes up again, I wanna ask you to humble yourself in this way. Apologize. Say you're sorry. Is it really worth holding on and clinging to being right, even if you know you're right? I'm asking you to apologize. That's what it looks like to humble yourself at home with your family. Don't let pride get in the way of your relationship. Now, if you're married or in a relationship where y'all are living together, you've been together for four months all together and all of your little idiosyncrasies, all of the little things you do to bother each other are going crazy and maybe some of the deeper issues in your relationship have exposed themselves. Well, this is what I'm asking you to do. Humble yourself. Humble yourself and serve each other because here's what happens in a marriage when two people humble themselves. They don't cling to pride. They don't hold on and protect themselves. They humble themselves. Here's what happens. Things get better. You know, once I heard the quote that there's not a lot of problems humility can't solve. And that's true in your relationships. 
Humble yourselves. And similar to the advice I gave for families, apologize. Accept their apology. This is a very, very difficult time. And it could seem like there's no end to it. But again, hang in there in your relationship. Humble yourself. And you can become the individual who's that God sees in you. And you can become the collective who that God sees in you. You can have a completely different kind of family if you're willing to humble yourself. And the last way I want you to humble yourself at home might be the most powerful. I want you to humble yourself with your kids. Now, we're more powerful than our kids, right? So humbling ourselves, so when you humble yourself with your kids, it has an even bigger impact. And I understand your kids are probably driving you nuts right now. And you're probably stressed and there's probably fear about everything that's going on. And you're probably tired of, there's probably one specific toy that they keep playing over and over and over again. And the sound of the thing you don't wanna hear or the same video game noise or the yelling across the Xbox Live or PS4. Your kids might be driving you nuts and you might be scared for the future. You might not know what's best for them. You might not know what's going on. And there might be more conflict than ever before, even if you have little kids or big kids. But this is what I wanna ask you to do. Take a moment to step outside and change your perspective. Take a moment to humble yourself and say, maybe this isn't what I think it is. Maybe my view isn't completely right. Step away from the pride that's within you. And I want you to change your perspective. This could be a special time in your relationship. This could be something that you'll never have the opportunity to do again, to be so close, to be so connected to each other. So this is what I'm asking you to do to humble yourself with your kids. How, ask yourself and ask them, how do I serve you? How do I, the grown-up with the power, the adult, I can tell you when you go to bed, I can tell you when you wake up, I can take away all this, I provide your food, your room, all of this. You have all the power. How can I serve you, my child? Ask him that question. And you know what, when you start to ask him that question, you might begin to see them differently you might begin to see them as the rock that God made them to be. You might be able to see them as who God wants them to become as they grow up. And this one is hard for me, y'all, but I wanna tell you, if you've done something wrong, apologize to your kids. You might've grown up in a house where your parents were never wrong and your parents were always right, right? And you don't question mom and dad. I get it, there are different ways of raising kids. But if you do something wrong, if you hurt your kids, if you get too angry, whatever that is, if you say something snarky or you hurt their feelings, apologize. And I'm not talking about discipline. Discipline is great. They need boundaries. They need discipline. But you know what I mean, parents. When you do something wrong, even to your kids, apologize. You have the power, you have the control, you have the ability to do whatever. You can cover it up, but that's pride. Humble yourself like Jesus has humbled himself. Can you imagine what your family would be like if you humbled yourself and became the example? 
Can you imagine what this community would be like if we humbled ourselves like Jesus's example and served others? Can you imagine what this world would be like if every single person that followed Jesus let go of their pride, let go of clinging to the power they have, clinging to the freedom they have to do what we want and instead used our power to serve others? What could this world look like? I'll tell you, we turn the world upside down. So let's humble ourselves and turn the world upside down together. Let's pray. God, I pray for all followers of Jesus. God, I pray for everyone here, everyone listening, everyone who may listen, Father. Pride is very difficult. God, you know that I have a lot of pride too and it's hard to let go of. But you made it clear pride has no place within the followers of Jesus, Father. You ask us to show humility. That's the antidote to pride. You ask us to humble ourselves and serve others, Father. Give us the strength to do that. God, there are some, there are some deep truths that we may not wanna see about ourselves, some things we may not want to admit to. Give us the courage to confront those face to face because you will be there with us. We may not understand it now, but just like Jesus said to Simon, you'll understand. You're gonna get this. You may not understand it now, but trust me, we have to trust that Jesus is gonna help you through this, no matter what you might surface. God, and I pray that as the world is at this incredibly difficult time, people are scared, people are stressed, people are angry. God, that our example of humbling ourselves and being servants change everything that people see us following you and following your example and they say, that's what I wanna be like. That's what I wanna do. And because humility can be viral, humility is something that people want. They wanna have people in their lives that do that. So God, I pray for everyone. God, I pray for anyone right now who is struggling with the coronavirus, whose family member is struggling with the coronavirus, Father. Maybe they're in hospital, maybe they've come home God, and they're still struggling. God, I pray for every single person. God, we pray. We pray that you would serve us and cure it, God, that you would serve us and help us be better, God, and you would, you would allow us to come through this difficult time with no more suffering and no more death, Father. I pray that you give us strength to get through it, God. If you don't miraculously cure it, God, I pray that you give us the strength and the courage to get through it and to continue to trust you. In your name we pray, amen.